Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show. I'm Ryan Huang. While many of us own at least a timepiece that carries a lot of sentimental value, maybe a gift from your grandparents, or maybe it has a story behind it and it's just been with you for a long time. While even when it stops ticking, sometimes we can't bear to throw it away. Well, guess what? Your timepiece might need a visit to the watch doctor. And today we are diving into the world of watch repairing with Kenneth Tay founder of Salon de Temps, the watch doctor. And the most expensive timepiece he has fixed is $3 million. Welcome to the show, Kenneth. Thanks for joining us. Hello, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, very interesting profession. So I'm going to get started first with what inspired you to become a watch doctor? I guess I have to call you Dr. Kenneth, right? Nah, it's okay. <laughs> Just call me Kenneth. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> So I actually started off from this little small shop whereby this uncle, he always is very busy with uh, watches he's doing. So I got very curious. So I always look at it. And then he didn't taught me. So I just keep looking at it. So as I grow up, I think I have this curiosity in me. So I started to actually open up watches and then making spoil a lot of them and then from there I learned how to get this part out and then what is this part for and all this mm. kind of stuff. So, so it's a fascination of watches. I believe you were 21 back then. Yes, I am 21 back then. So this year I'm actually 31 already. So it's about... Well, quite a journey has been and of course uh, Salon de Times is a bit of a French name. Yeah. What's the story behind it? Uh, my mentor actually gave it to me because basically finding a name for a store is never easy. <laughs> so I consulted him. He told me this name. I said, okay, let's go with it. Okay, so the mentor has passed on a lot of stuff to you, including skills and of <laughs> course uh, along the way, how to set up a business as well. Now, what kind of skills are required to be a watch doctor? Because I can bring to my neighborhood watch um, shop to get stuff fixed. So how different are you? I believe my mentor taught me integrity. You need to have integrity, you need to have professionalism in yourself and then you need to have work ethics because you're handling luxury pieces and then you don't want to leave any fingerprints behind a closed case bag. And then when you someone else open up and then they see it, it's not going to be very professional for you. Mm. So yeah. there is a lot of um, fine detail going into luxury watch repairing. So yes. give us a bit of a lowdown on the process because I don't have a luxury watch. So I imagine it needs a lot of difficult to get spare parts. You need to use special equipment. Yeah, some of the watch we are required to actually get special equipments like uh, screwdrivers and uh, case bag openers and all this kind of stuff. And then for tools-wise, yes, there is also... A lot of uh, special, special tools to mm. actually name it out. Uh. There's too much really. Okay, so how long does it typically take you to fix a watch and what sort of um, factors come into play here? Normally, normally, one day I would just aim maybe one watch. I wouldn't want to rush into one it. One day yeah, for one watch? Yes, just one day. It's one quite watch. fast for me because it, I, I imagine it will be quite complex sometimes. Uh, it depends on the uh, difficulty level. So if it's uh, like an annual calendar and all this kind of stuff, then it may take up more time because okay. there's more springs and uh, wheels inside of it. 
All right. So time to put on your business hat. And I think this is where it gets a bit more fascinating, you know, running the shop as part of your passion. Uh, we'll come with a few challenges that you perhaps had to face along the way. And of course, lessons you learned to overcome as well. Walk us through some of, I guess, the more difficult times um, that you had to deal with um, going through this journey in the past 10 years. The most difficult time was... Uh the pickup phase, the professionalism. When I professionally taking up skills from my mentor, which I met him after my NS days, it was the uh, handling. And then he taught me a lot of proper things like I have to wear the finger cords, like it is a plastic thing around my finger, which is really, really uncomfortable. And then handling the tools properly, the parts properly, whereby I had the habit already because I started off by myself mm. playing here and there and then so he taught me okay you shouldn't be doing this shouldn't be doing that so I have to actually change a lot of my bad habits into his habit yeah and then another thing it's um, I would say the stress level <laughs> stress level because I am handling time pieces that are thousands and thousands of dollars so it is really really stressful at the time of moment okay I think that is uh, a day that has long passed because I can tell you're quite zen right now and you can tell also from the way you breathe that's a very special way you're breathing very in a way composed manner I suppose that comes through when how you have to hold your breath when you're focusing yep. on the watch right yeah correct so Taking out the part and actually inserting back is uh, my mentor taught me that I have to control my breathing mm. because yeah it will somehow make you shake like you make your fingers shake and all this kind of stuff. Okay, and looking at the business right, the initial days I suppose setting it up, you had to buy all these equipment, all your tools. So how do you balance? You no, know, <coughs> buying more expensive tools. You want the best of the I guess breed when it comes to having the stuff <coughs> in your shop versus you no know, keeping the lights on and making profits and you know, that sort of thing. How do you balance it? Um, most of my tools is actually given by my mentor's friend. Oh, nice. So they heard about the news that, okay, his uh, mentee is actually going to open up a store. So they actually donated me some of their used machine. And then, okay, I will just make use of that. Like, so since, I guess tip number one is to get a good mentor and get good <laughs> mentor friends to help you start a business. Uh, maybe I can consider myself as a lucky fella. Okay, other things I guess you had to deal with would be handling customers because this would be a learning curve for anyone, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you have come across your fair share of difficult customers. How difficult have some of these customers been? I would try to tell myself, okay, it is just another day. Don't let this affect you. But then there will be difficult customers whereby they will want this and this to be done whereby I don't think it is necessary. Or they will they will ask for you know discounts and oh, all that stuff. Okay. So I'll try to work with it, it <laughs> and then if I can give it to them, I will give it to them. But then if it's uh, out of my way, then I will find a way to tell them in a nice way. All right, we're in conversation with Kenneth Tay. He is the founder of Salon de Tams. He is a watch doctor and. Interesting enough, you're telling me you don't own a watch yeah. as a watch doctor. Why? How do you tell the time? I don't have the time to actually maintain my own timepiece ready. So having to own my own timepiece is going to be another headache for me. So because normally after servicing a watch, I would actually try to use them. So meaning to say you bring the watch to me, I fix it, then I'll try to use it. And then that's how I actually monitor time that ah. is going to run 
So yeah, I guess yeah. test running what you something just like fixed. Yeah. Yeah, How like much that. do you charge for fixing the watches? I imagine uh, these luxury watches will take some level of skill and of course it comes with a premium. Uh, I normally don't go for brands. I normally go for what is it running on, meaning to say what engine on Laymentum, what engine is it running on and then from there I will quote accordingly. So per hour or per project? No, f- I would say per job. What sort of figures are we looking at? Uh, maybe at least 300. Okay, I heard you had a $3 million watch you had to fix. <laughs> How much did that cost? That time piece, as of now, I think I would be able to fix it at maybe $10,000. Wow, $10,000. <laughs> so it goes to as high as 10000 for some of the more premium watches. And I suppose um, as a watch doctor, it's a very niche profession and skill as well. So when it comes to scaling up the business, to expand it, how do you go about it? Because you need the right people in place. How have you managed to deal with this um, issue? I am thankful to have uh, a lot of customers passing down words by mouth and then introductions here and there and then a little interview from you guys Mm. and then from here and there and then that's how I actually got up Mm. step by step. (laughs) Word of mouth and I suppose... um, Social media, you're on Carousel, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Social media, I'm not actually really active with it. So because my social media is actually handled by my wife. Mm, okay. <laughs> I suppose you can explore this area in future, more TikTok videos. I would try example. to, but then I normally after work, I am just 0% of my energy. Already. The moment I just want to switch off and then just go to bed already because <laughs> really, really tired already. Okay, so time is money for the watch doctor as well. <laughs> We're chatting with Kenneth Tay. He is the founder of Salon Terms and he fixes premium watches. And we've been chatting about how he has been running his business as well, one of his passions and also pursuing his passion. Thank you for your time today, Kenneth. Thank you so much, Ryan. All right, stay Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.